0: Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. God's good. God is good. Praise the Lord. Man. Praise the Lord. You know, there's been there's been some attacks lately on different people. But I've seen God show up. He always shows up. He may not show up exactly the way we want or when we want. But um, God shows up. When we cry out to Him and we call, He doesn't go to the answer machine, but He answers. Amen. Praise the Lord. And God's working. And there's an awning here right now. It's good. It's real good. And maybe you need to work in your life. Well, He's open 24-7. He's open. He doesn't close the doors. Amen? But I have seen some attacks. Like, like last week, for instance, I told you I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good. For 10 days, I didn't feel good, but I feel good now. Praise the Lord. I was healed. I'm healed. I'm still here. <clears throat> and I've seen some attacks on some other people here. And... um and God's just good. I told y'all we've, we had two strokes here in the same week, four days apart from one another. And Glenn came home this week and he's starting physical therapy and that was an absolute miracle. We were there on a Sunday night and I'm telling you the doctor said if things don't change tonight, I mean it's done, it's over, it's, it's not good. It's not good. <clears throat> but things did change. And Things did turn around. And things were good. And the next day, it was totally different. Praise the Lord. And he came home. And not to, you know, um, these things shouldn't be overlooked. And I guess we had not discussed them and talked about them a lot. But everybody knows Patrick's sitting right here. He had a stroke on a Sunday morning right before he was fixing to come to church. In fact, he was at the hospital getting there and they're doing their thing to him while we're having service. And, um, you know, they drilled holes in his head and they cut a big hole in it and they lifted his skull open and got the blood clot out and the brain immediately went back into place and the doctors said they witnessed it with their own eyes and he actually was going to be at church the next Sunday but they didn't let him out quite in time so he got here about the time the church was over. But that's a miracle. Amen. That's a miracle. He was at my house yesterday, uh, Friday. We put a microwave and a ceiling fan in. It's a miracle. I mean, he's alive, he's well, everything's fine. It's good. I mean, I think all he needs really is a good 12-hour hard day of work out in the hot sun. (coughs) That'd be get him over the, yeah, praise the Lord. But it's a miracle. Miss Bama had some type of I can't remember everything, but she had some type of a a cancer and had some treatments and different things. And she called me this week, said she got tested and everything's clear and she's good. God tries to kill people. No, He don't. The devil tries to kill people. The devil, Satan, tries. he's trying to take some lives. Ruin some lives. Kill some people. Take some lives. Amen. My mother is had cancer that's why she's got this cute hat on and she was in the hospital just the other day because uh, some white blood cell count thing or whatever that is was down low and that's obviously not good and I don't know a lot about it but I know I was at home not feeling well and Scott went down there because probably next to me he's probably the closest thing to his son to her i would say pretty dang. Might be some others, but he's right. He's like my brother. And he went down there, laid hands on her. And you know what? The next day, her white blood count was fine. Yeah. Zero to 37 so when things are impossible with man, things, yeah. everything's possible with God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You need to celebrate these things. Yes. Celebrate them. Praise God. I know some people that are here that are right at 200 days clean. Satan tried to use uh, drugs and things to kill them. But God said, no, I don't think so. Hold up. And now they're clean and healthy and doing good and serving the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can't do that on your own. You have to have something else. It's a relationship with God. It's a power, it's a strength that you can't get out of a book or at rehab. The doctor can't give it to you. It's by way of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I know there's things that we don't understand. I get it. Why did it happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, why do good things happen to good people? Who's good? Who's good? Nobody but God. But why do that questions things we don't understand? Honest, I, understand, I get that. But don't focus on what you don't understand. Focus on what you do understand. We win. Praise the Lord, He's our healer. Amen. He tried to kill me a bunch. He tried to keep me out of this pulpit. Can't do it. Not going to do it. Tried to kill uh, my baby boys. Can't do it. Didn't do it. Won't do it. Didn't happen. They're 16. They're healthy and fine. They were this big when they were born. Everything in the world was supposed to be wrong with them. Didn't look good. But it is good. It wasn't fun going through it, but I look back on it now. And see how God was with us every step of the way. <coughs> every step of the way. Praise the Lord. He tried to kill you too on a motorcycle. But, see, God knew that He wasn't, fi- he wasn't finished with Him. That little girl was up here. She needs Papa. Yep. Amen. She needs a trampoline to jump around on over in His yard. And there's probably others in here, and, you know, I don't know what everybody's going through, what everybody's been through. I know one time Scott's son, years ago, when he was a little baby boy, had this spot on his brain. Well, they came down here and hit this altar right there. That spot, is not there anymore. It's not there anymore. Was it a coincidence? No, I don't think so. And like I said, there's things that don't always go your way or happen when you want or how you want and don't understand it, don't get it and why did this person maybe receive a healing but this one didn't and I don't understand. Like I said, let, <clears throat> don't, focusing on what you don't understand is not going to help anything. Let's focus on what we do know and what the Word of God says and your bad experiences doesn't change the Word of God. The Word's still true. Amen? Amen. So last week we were talking about, uh, uh, we well, use baseball for an example. And we are talking about a disconnect and a connect. And we went to this baseball camp, and they show you how you disconnect. And disconnect's not what you want to do. You want to stay connected. A disconnect means you're doing something wrong. You got one of your body parts out of place. You're not doing things correctly, and you're not fluid. And it causes injury and pain, and it uh, reduces... Uh, um, speed and just, um, you can't, you'll never be able to, to, to be as good as God created you to be with these disconnects. So they teach you how to get connected. So we talked last week about getting connected, being connected to the vine. And so I can't go back over all that, but uh, this week I want to talk to you, I want to continue on talking about disconnect. What disconnects you? What is it that causes you to get disconnected? I don't want to be disconnected from God and His blessings and His favor. I want to be connected. Anything that belongs to me, I want it. I want it in my life. I want God to show up in my life and say, well, I heard you talking about God healing this person or moving in their life or their financial situation uh, turned around or they got set free from drugs or whatever it is. I need some of that in my life. Maybe that's what you're thinking. I need some of that in my life. What are things that We do sometimes that keeps God from moving in our life. Sometimes we do things that gets us disconnected. And I'm not talking about disconnected from the love of God because there's nothing you can do to get disconnected from the love of God because He loves everybody. He loves you right in the middle of your sin. In fact, He loves you so much that while you were still a sinner, He went to the cross and died for you. But I'm talking about a disconnect from a closeness. See, I can be married to my wife and live in the same house with her but not be close. And there's probably some married people in here that know what I'm talking about because you're going through it. Or either you've been through it or you know somebody that is. But you can be married to somebody. We're married, but we're not close. There's not a closeness. And there's things that we can do that separate us from that closeness. And disconnect us from that closeness. Amen. Let's talk about it. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. What you say, what comes out of your mouth is very important. And I'm going to go quickly because I've got a lot of Scripture. And I want to start off by saying this. Last Sunday, that clock was wrong. It was 20 minutes wrong. And I thought, man, I'm making good time today. They're actually going to get out a few minutes early. Little did I know it was like 12.15. Well, get on to the clock, guy. It's his fault. He's probably got it fast forwarded today, so... That's what, they're smart. That's what they do. But um, so I apologize for keeping y'all so long. I know the the Baptist beat y'all to the buffet, but depth and life are in the power of the tongue. So I don't talk about your tongue. Your tongue can absolutely separate you from that closeness. Isaiah 59, the very first verse says, "Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened." that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. Now, a lot of people have heard that scripture, and you may not have heard it exactly like that, but you've heard it say, his arm's not too short. Right? That he can't reach you. But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that, you, so that he will not hear. It doesn't say that he can't hear. It says that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. And this, this is what I want you to get right here. Look at this. Your lips have spoken lies and your tongue has muttered perversity. And that's talking about your mouth. Your mouth. Because the very first scripture we read, death and life are in the power of your tongue. There's some power that's coming out of your mouth. Your mouth is very powerful. And in fact, it can steer a ship and it can set the woods on fire. And it can turn a horse, because it's like a bit, it's like a rudder, it's like a spark. You can read that. It's in your Bible. But um, we've all done some things, uh, or maybe people are doing some things, but you've, most of the time you've done what you've done because you've said what you've said. You've done what you've done because you've said what you said. And the book of Proverbs is a good book. It's good to read one every day or read one as often as possible. And Proverbs speaks about your money and about your morals and about your mouth. So if you've got problems with your money or your morals or your mouth, which is everybody in here, you've got a problem with something, that's a good thing to be reading. Amen? Praise the Lord. Yeah. So the first thing here is I want to talk to you about is, is lying. Lying, not telling the truth, not, you know, lying. Some people call it exaggerating. No, it's a lie. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are His delight. So abomination, the root word there, abomination, the root word it comes from, if you look back in Heek or Grieb, uh, Gr- <laughs> What in the world did I say? Gribo and Heek. Hebrew and Greek, the root word is detestable. So you can say lying lips are detestable to God. He detests it. It's detestable to God. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Um, So basically, when you lie, you're leaving the throne of God. It's detestable to God. It's an abomination to God. So basically when you're lying, you're leaving the throne of God and basically you're going over to another throne. The throne of Satan. If you want to get right down to it, you're leaving one throne and going to the other. Because lying is the opposite of His nature. Like I said in the old, in prayer, He is truth. Not only is His words the truth, but He is truth. That's His nature. So lying is the opposite of truth and lying is the opposite of His nature. They don't go together. They mix about like oil and water. Amen? It's important not to lie. And I know people that lie. You know people that lie. Maybe you're a person who lies. I don't know. Maybe it's just a little white lie. Maybe you're lying on that time clock on Friday. It's just a few minutes, and you're clocking out, whatever. It's a lie. You lied. You really weren't working. You're stealing. It's a lie. It's not a little white lie. It's a lie. It's not exaggerating just to juice the story up, make it more fun. No, it's a lie. It's a lie. And you shouldn't lie. We shouldn't lie. People lie. You know people that lie. People lie so much that they tell other lies to cover up their lies. I know people that lie so much I don't even think they know they're lying. Them suckers will be telling some lies. And I've known some professional liars. I mean, they ought to get paid they lie so good. I've known people that lie so good I knew they were lying and I still wanted to believe them. (laughs) Have y'all ever something like that? I mean, you know for 100% without a shadow of a doubt they're lying. They tell you straight to your face, they're good at it. That's because somewhere in the past they've got caught lying and they thought, man, I really got to go, I got to work on this. Tell another lie to cover up a lie and then another lie to cover up a lie. It's just what it it does is it becomes a habit. What it is, it's a stronghold. There's good strongholds and bad strongholds. This is a bad stronghold. So if you've got a problem with exaggerating, I know nobody just straight out lies. But if you have a problem with exaggerating a little bit or telling a little white lie, and here you know what, you need to quit. You need to quit because that's something that can get you disconnected from that close uh, closeness with God and find somebody to hold you accountable. But it's more than being held accountable. You've got to be correctable. So when you do tell a little white lie or exaggerate, somebody says, "Hey, hang on a second. I don't think that's the truth." You got to be correctable. A lot of people aren't correctable. You know, accountability—that's a word that gets been thrown around a lot. I got to have me accountability partner. I got to have somebody to hold me accountable. Well, that's fine as long as you're correctable, because accountability partner doesn't help if you're not correctable. If you can't be taught, if you can't receive correction. Amen. Amen. I- I'll use this for example. This doesn't have anything to do with lying, but it's a good story if you want to hear it. <clears throat> Years ago, when I was a much younger man, I'm not that I'm old now, but I was younger in my 20s, Scott, he worked for me. He's right out of high school. He had a problem with cursing. He cussed a lot. So all of a sudden, I'm going to be his accountability partner. And every time he cussed, I get to hit him. He agreed to that. So I'm like... Yes, this will be fun. So he cussed so much, I couldn't get any work done. I was just having to hit that sucker all day long. Just beat the fire out of him. It was, a, it was, it was an enjoyable day for me. So I, he cussed so much, I had to, I, I had to start counting. I, I mean, I couldn't get anything done. I'm over here working. I had to go hit him, come back, work, go back and hit him, hit him. I was hitting him so much. So I had to count, and I counted up until it was like crazy amount, 30 or 40. So I said, "Well, I'm just going to go and unleash on him, so I went over there and I just started pounding on him, which he agreed to it, and um, so I hit him out thirty or forty times. well he didn't uh he, he, he didn't re- he didn't receive the correction very well, so he said, "I quit, I'm done. I don't want your correction anymore because I'm black and blue. So he just kept on cussing, just forget it, so in other words. You've you, you got to be willing to receive the correction, no matter what it is. Amen? But you know what? Years later, he gave his life to Christ. Got filled with the Holy Ghost. He didn't need nobody to punch him. He just quit. Just quit. Because if things are impossible with man, nothing's impossible with God. Amen? Anybody got an air horn? I need an air horn to wake, up. make sure everybody's wide awake in here. Hank! You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah, y'all need to hear this, and I do too. So, anyway, moving on. Lying. Lying is something. Another thing is sowing discord. Sowing discord. Proverbs, the sixth chapter, the sixteenth verse. Six things that the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to Him. Detestable, like we just went over. A proud look. A lying tongue. So there you go. Lying, there's seven of them. A lying tongue. That's one. Hands that shed innocent blood. We're not talking about that today. Is there anything more innocent than aborting a baby? Detestable to God. A heart that devises wicked plans. I think, I think the Rona was a wicked plan. Yeah, Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies. Boom, there's two. And one who sows discord among brethren. Three. So three out of the seven have to do with your tongue. That's why we're talking about your tongue because your tongue is very important. Amen? The works, you see here that the works come from the words. And when you sow discord, you know what happens? You reap Calamity. Um, I thought I had another scripture in here. Where'd that rascal go? Here it is. A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes. He shuffles his feet. He points his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continually. He sows discord. Now I want you to see that. He sows discord. Therefore his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly he shall be broken without remedy. So he sows and then he reaps. Because when you sow, there's going to be a harvest. Something's coming. You sow corn, corn grows. He's, this man right here is saying you're sowing discord. He sows discord. Therefore calamity, that's the harvest. So when we sow discord, guess what's coming? Calamity. And so what is discord? Well, you can, you can use this right here for an example. Let's just say you're at work and you've got a friend and him and his wife are having trouble and they're not getting along and he comes and he starts te- talking to you about his wife. If you don't try to bring unity into that marriage, you're really sowing discord. I'd leave her. I wouldn't put up with that. Man, how you deal with that? I got a number to a, to a good... In other words, if you try to talk him into the divorce and if you, you, you do anything other than try to bring unity into that situation, you're sowing discord among the brethren. This we need to be careful because when you sow, you reap. Amen. The other thing is gossip. Gossip. Gossip is when you uh, share intimate or private rumors or facts about someone. I've got two. I've got this scripture two times. I want you to see right here in, in Proverbs the twentieth chapter, nineteenth verse. He who goes about as a talebearer, reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate... Associate with one who flatters with his lips. And the same one in, a, in the NIV. A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. Do you know anybody that talks too much? And it says about their lips. Goes about uh, reveal secrets. Don't associate with anyone who flatters with their lips. You know, like a car salesman. And not all car salesmen are bad. I'm not saying that if you're a car salesman. Praise the Lord, I might need a good deal one day, but telling people what they want to hear. Flattering them. You know, I've had people say, man, that was a good sermon. Woohoo! praise the Lord. That was fire. Yeah, it was good. And then leave and go and talk about it and say, good Lord, what was he talking about up there? Who's that? What in the world is this? Let's leave. Good grief. True story. You all have people do that to you? Friends to your face. Oh, I love you. We're buddies. High five. You know, like Peter said, I'm with you, Jesus, till the end. I'm with you. We close. Ain't nobody. Uh Uh-uh. I'm with you. And then what'd he say? I never know. I don't know him. Never knew the man. But you've had friends like that, I'm sure. I hope you haven't, but most people have. you know people like that. They're one way to your face, another way to your back. Yeah, I'll stick closer to you than a brother. And then they they stab you in the back. Well, stay away from people like that, with people with lips like that. And don't be one of those people, better yet. It says, for I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. He's like, I'm afraid I'm going to find this when I get there. Amen. Here's what Christians do. Here's what Christians do. It's not gossip. It's not gossip. It's not gossip. Uh, It's not jealousy. It's not fits of rage. It's not anything. I'm not gossiping. You ever heard anybody come up to you and say, Hey, I need to talk to you about Susie. Uh, Now, I'm not gossiping. I just want to tell you what I know about her so that you can pray for her. And use that as an excuse to tell out all the dirty laundry. No, it's gossiping. If you feel the need to go tell somebody else about somebody else because you're so burdened that you just got to tell them so they can pray, you need to stop and ask the question, am I even praying myself? I've had people come up and start telling me some stuff. I, I, I Just just this week I was at a house that reminded me of a lady who used to live at the house who came to church here briefly and everything's going fine. She loves it. Praise the Lord. Oh, you're preaching so good and ministering to me and helping me so much. And then she said, I'm fixing to bring somebody with me this uh, tonight or next week or whenever it is and let me tell you about them. And she started just telling me all the dirt. And I said, Oh, ho. Oh. Don't tell me that stuff. And she said, well, I wasn't going to tell you nothing bad. And I'm thinking, well, you already you already are. And so she got mad and left and never came back. Because I wouldn't let her tell me everything bad about that person. I didn't want to know everything bad about that person. Because first of all, that person might not have wanted me to know everything bad about them. It wasn't her business. And second of all, what if the Lord wanted to speak to them? And I had a word from the Lord for them. But then he found out that she told me everything in their life and all of a sudden now he's going to think the only reason you said that is because she told you. Understand? Praise the Lord. Tell you so you can pray. Another thing is slander, slander, slander. That's one of the ones we went over. Let not a slanderer be established in the earth. Let evil hunt the violent man to overthrow him. Slander is telling a false report about somebody. It says, not to let a slander be established, let evil hunt him down and overthrow him. Well, what's slander? Telling a false report about somebody, passing on information that you don't have first hand knowledge about. Well, you mean, I read it on Facebook? It's not true? I got it off the internet. Or Bobby told me. Uh-uh. And. Um, Uncle Billy told Bobby and he heard it from Aunt Susie and it went, it went around 20 people before it got to me. But it's got to be the truth. Now it's first-hand knowledge. Do you have first-hand knowledge? Did you, did you see them kiss? You know, they had an affair. Somebody said they had an affair. Did you, with your own eyeballs, did you see them smooching? Well, you don't know if they had an affair or not. So keep your mouth shut. Right? They're on drugs. Did you see them snorting it? Did you see them taking it? Did you see them smoking it? They're an alcoholic. Have you ever seen them drink? Well, unless you have first-hand knowledge, you may be spreading a false report about somebody. Praise the Lord. It's true. Um. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips and whoever spreads slander is a fool. When you're spreading slander, the Word of God says that you're a fool. But now I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral, greedy, an idolater or a slander, a drunkard or a swindler. Don't even eat with such people. Now this is... Him right into the Church of Corinth, and I want you to see it: these things—sexual immorality, and greed, and an idolater, uh, a drunkard, a swindler—right in the middle of that is slander. So, slander must be a pretty big deal if it's right up there, especially with an idolater. Amen. This—this this is a—you're getting excited about the message, aren't you? You're like, yes! Now there's things that can keep you from having that closeness. Things that we take, take lightly. Or, man, these miracles are have, happening in other people's lives, but, but why am I not seeing miracles happen in my life? Well, sometimes there's a, a separation, a disconnect. And uh, I'm trying to help us with that. The Lord's trying to help us with that. Amen. Tell that was one of the other ones we went over. It says a tell is someone who reveals secrets. Proverbs eleven thirteen reveals secrets, but he who is a faithful spirit conceals a matter. So the church right here, any church, every church, all churches, that should be the safest place that you can go and talk to somebody and have a matter concealed. You should be able to find somebody in the church to talk to. This should be a safe place. This isn't Facebook. This isn't going out in the world. This isn't a bunch of high school kids spreading rumors. The church should be a safe place where you should go find somebody to talk to about whatever the situation is. And y'all, y'all, everybody here can't come to me because there's only one to me. But there's a whole bunch of y'all. And there's somebody here for everybody that you can talk to and have an accountability partner, somebody to confide in, somebody to call and talk to and pray with, all that, that's what the church is about. But the church should be the safest place. In James, the fifth chapter, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now get that. Confess your trespasses to one another. Talk to each other. Confess to each other about your sin, about your problems, about your shortcomings, about where you need help. But you know what? People don't do that. People don't do that. You know why? Because past experiences. Because the last time they told somebody at church in confidence, next thing you know, everybody else knew it. I'm not going to do that again. So I'm just going to keep it all bottled up inside and I'm not going to tell anybody. And... Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. A minute ago we are talking about why sometimes God, you're wondering why you're not healed or why things aren't showing up in your life. Confess to one another. Pray to one another that you may be healed. Well, a lot of times people aren't receiving that part of it because you're not doing the first part, which is confessing your trespasses and praying for one another because the last time you did... It got spread all over the place. This should be the safest place. Amen. What people do is they say, don't tell anybody. I don't want you to tell anybody. And then somebody finds out. And you go to them and you say, did you tell somebody? Well, yeah, but I mean, I told them not to tell anybody. And then they told somebody and they said, but don't tell anybody. But don't tell anybody. Nobody would do that here. <clears throat> I'm, I'm just preaching to you guys on the camera there because some I barely even fit in the door myself this morning. My wings, they had a hard time fitting in right there because I'm an angel. <clears throat> when you know something about somebody, it gives you power. So when you know something about something or somebody, it gives you power. And character is having power and using it wisely. And some people will never have any power because they don't have the character to go with it to use it wisely. Amen. Another thing here, and I'm moving quick. Trying. We're close. We've only got about roughly another hour here and I'll be done. It's cursing, cursing. Their throat is an open tomb, where their tongues they have practiced deceit, the poisoning of ass, which is vipers, a snake, is under their lips. Those mouth, I mean whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Bitterness. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness? This is one thing I've learned in my life. It's somebody that usually has a mouth full of cursing all the time. The root to it is usually they're bitter about something. The bitterness and the cursing usually go hand in hand. <clears throat> so here's what you may not realize, but it is, it's, it's not that hard to get, but it is hard to get. When you curse, you know what you're doing? You curse. When you curse, you curse. So when you're cursing, curse words, you're cursing. You're cursing. When you curse, you curse. That's why it's called curse. We should bless. When you bless, you bless. When you curse, you curse. Uh, people curse, man, they curse their business. You know, curse the car you're working on, curse uh, your finances. You, don't, you shouldn't curse that. That's, a, that's hard enough. That's a tough enough situation as it is. You certainly don't, don't need to be cursing it. Cursing your marriage. Cursing. When you are curse, you curse. And um, we shouldn't curse. We should bless. And there's a word called damn. Now, I hope I didn't offend you, but it's in the Bible. And it's talking about damnation, as in eternal damnation. So why in the world would you want to damn something? That's a common curse word. Why would you want to damn something? In Psalms 109, it says, in 17th verse, says, he loved cursing, let it come to him. When you curse, you curse. You love it, let it come to you. As he did not delight in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing, as with his garment, so let it enter his body like water and like oil into his bones. You know what that means? Blessings and curses don't mix, they mix together like water and oil. The same mouth shouldn't be speaking blessings and cursings. When you curse, you curse, whether you realize it or not. We want to be blessed. I want God to show up in my life. <clears throat> I want Him to move in my marriage. I want Him to move in my finances. I want Him to be, I want to be healed. I, I want to have this closeness to God. But then we're turning around and cursing, 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 and then wondering why we don't have this closeness. Why ain't He blessing me? Well, because you're cursing. When you curse, you curse. Amen. That mouth shouldn't be used for that. When I hear people cussing like that, I say, man, you, you kiss your wife with that same nasty mouth? That ain't nasty. But I've heard some women that cuss too, just about as a man. But usually it's a man. Usually it's a man. How about throw me that water right there? I need something to drink. I don't know where my water man is today. Where's Fumi at? He's in serious trouble. Well, I've already drank one, but it wasn't full. But it's still Fumi's fault either way, so you're blaming him. Blasphemy. Blaspheming. When you use God's name in an unsacred or self serving way. When you use God's name in an unsacred or self serving way. Exodus, the 20th chapter, the 7th verse. You shall not take the Lord the name of the Lord, your God, in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Well, there's a couple ways to do that. One, you know, you use God's name as a curse word, and everybody knows that curse word. And I'm telling you, when people use that when the hair on the back of my neck stands up and it absolutely creeps me out. I don't like it at all. And, um, but there's another way to use God's name in vain. And that's, like I said, in a self-serving way to get what you want. I've seen people do this. God told me. God told me. I can't argue with that. If you said God told you. I mean, unless you come up and say, "Hey, God told me to tell you to open up your wallet and give me all your money. I'm going to say, well, He didn't tell me that. He might have told you. He didn't tell me. But people do that to get what they want. You know, I, I can use examples, but for the sake of time, I think y'all understand what I'm saying. God told me to do this or God told me to do that. And um, um, they really want to... I've known people that um, you know, had a commitment at a church and they were been going there for years, but... But they really wanted to go to this other church. And so they would say, God told me to go over there to that church. God told me to. Well, I can't argue that. Well, maybe He did. I don't know. But that's a way to get what you really want. Get what I want that way. I know a man whose son was not doing well, and he was struggling with drugs and different things like that, and a really hard time. And this man who always has a word from God came up to him and said, God told me to tell you that your son's going to be fine. You don't have to worry one bit. God told me to tell you everything's fine. And the next day that man's son committed suicide. So I can tell you right now, God didn't tell that man to tell that man his son was going to be okay. That man just wants to always have a word from the Lord. I've got to have a word from God. God told me to tell you. God told me. God told me. Filthy language. Filthy language. We talked about this. What comes out of your mouth is an overflow of the heart. So I can tell by the way somebody talks as to what they're putting into their heart, what they're listening to, what they're looking at, what's going in their heart, because it becomes out your mouth. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh me. Whatever you want to say, but it's the Word of God and it's true. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. You need to put these things off. Don't do it. Quit. Stop. Here's what you need to do, men. You need to man up. You think going out and cussing and all that crap it works cool or makes you tough? It's not. It makes you weak and puny. You need to be a man and tell the other man, don't talk like that around me. You can get in your truck, drive down the road, cuss all you want, but what you get in my truck, you're not going to talk like that. Or I'm going to pull over out right here on the side of the road and put you out. Don't cuss like that around me. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Not going to hear it. And I come up here to get some water, to a water bucket, everybody's getting some, and you all cussing. You better quit cussing when I'm around. I'm going to put you in a headlock. That might not be cross-like. But anyway, I want to tell you what's going to happen. When those people that see you standing up and being a man and not letting that garbage come out of your mouth, when they, when they run into trouble in their lives, in their marriages, whatever the situation is, you know who they're going to call? It's not going to be Ghostbusters. They're going to call you. Think about it for a moment. Do you know somebody that's just got a filthy, trashy mouth that just cusses a lot? Do you know anybody like that? Okay. That person that you know. Some of you may not know anybody like that. That person. If you're having a difficult situation in life, are you going to call them for some advice? It wouldn't be wise if you did. They probably just going to say some curse words. And when you curse, you curse. You know, people can't even have their own business. Very, very... Uh, uh, talented, and they could have their own business and probably make a lot of money, but that trashy old mouth nobody wants to come in their store because they hear all that junk. Yeah? <clears throat> so they put them way back here in the back somewhere. Be a man. Be a man. Be a man. A contentious speech. That was the other word contentious speech. That's when you say things that are hurtful and hateful, malicious, disagreeable, argumentative. Do you know anybody that likes to argue? Perhaps maybe you like to argue. It says in Proverbs twenty first chapter 9, verse. This is a good one. I like this one. Here. Better to dwell in a corner of a housetop, which means it's better for you to go up in the attic than in a house shared with a contentious woman and everybody said, Amen. Now, y'all men didn't say that because y'all scared. I don't blame you. I wouldn't say it either, but it's saying it'd be better to go live in the attic in the corner with no heat, and no air. With all the Christmas decorations, you don't have much room up there. You got to be careful walking around because you don't want to miss a, a rafter and step through the sheetrock. It's better to be up here than live in a house with a contentious woman. As charcoal is the burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Spark it up, kindle strife. Get the fire going. Contentious. You know, it's kind of fun to argue sometimes. People find it to be fun. I don't find it to be fun myself. That's not a problem I've ever had. I don't argue, like, at all. I mean, maybe like once every ten years, seriously. I don't argue. Um, If somebody says their opinion and I disagree, i just be like, hmm, okay. Blind leading the blind and you're going to run off in the ditch. I don't care. Now, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't want to argue. You think you're right? I know you're wrong, so I'm moving on. (laughs) Nothing to argue about. Most time, you're not going to change your mind anyway, they're not. And they're not, you, you, not going to. You're not going to change their mind. They're not going to change your mind. Where's the air horn? Woo! All right, making sure we all awaken here. That's loud. I know. Wake up. Rise and shine. That's fun. Where was I? At? argue being fun to argue you know what arguing does it develops this contentious spirit arguing develops this contentious spirit and it is a spirit always got to win the argument you ever know anybody they got to get the last word in and they going to get the last word in and hang up so you can't get another word in contentious spirit like to argue i've got a friend of mine he'll argue about everything in the world arguing two friends and and i got them together one time we couldn't even get any work done they argued about every single thing all day long things that didn't even matter and i'm about to to lose it because they're just arguing about stupid stuff it, it develops a contentious spirit don't 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 argue. Just say, okay, whatever. Go on about your business. Let them think what they want. Don't argue. Just say no. Just like uh, Nancy Reagan. She said, just say no to drugs. Just say no to arguing. Not going to do it. Not going to argue with you. Don't argue. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Speaking unbelief is a condition of the heart. Because you're speaking unbelief. There's, it's coming out of your heart. There's unbelief in your heart. And so, you know, talking negative. When somebody's always talking negative, that's unbelief. Always talking negative. That's unbelief. You can say it's the same. One and the same. Talking negative is unbelief. In Hebrews, the third chapter of the twelfth verse, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Man of unbelief and departing from the... I don't want to depart from it, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sins. In other words, we need to be speaking words that are building people up, not tearing people down, and arguing that never is going to bear any fruit at all. Arguing is not going to bear any fruit. And I say, don't be speaking any negativity. Well, I know there's people that... Uh, let's just say like the Word of Faith movement. So you can't say anything negative whatsoever at all. Well, I was just a baby when that movement came around, so I don't really know all the ins and outs of it, but I know that I've, I've seen some people, like my nose right now, y'all probably heard me today sniff a couple times, right? You say, no, my nose isn't running. It's not running. Yes, it is. It is running. So people, some people will say, just be real. I'm the realist around here. Like, I'm in touch with the reality. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about, uh, uh, when I say not saying anything negative, I'm not talking about denying the truth. Faith doesn't deny the facts. Faith changes it. The, the fact is, my nose is running. The truth is, God's Word says, by His stripes I am healed. I'm not denying the fact that last week I didn't feel good. But I've been, I went somewhere with somebody one time and I had a fever. And, uh, and uh, I said, man, I, I am not feeling too spiffy. I said, I think I've got a fever because I was red hot. He goes, don't say that. Don't say you've got a fever. Don't be speaking those words of negativity. I was like, I, I do have a fever. <laughs> I didn't say I'm going to die from it. But I do have a fever. I'm not denying I've got a fever. I mean, if I didn't have a fever, why am I taking this uh, Advil or Tylenol, whatever you take for a fever? Why am I be taking it? I ain't got a fever. Give me some of those pills. (laughs) Well, there's people like that. I think that's silly. That's not what faith is. That shouldn't be what word of faith is. That's somebody that took something and and, and got all... uh, Anyway, I'm not... It's not denying the facts. Faith doesn't deny facts. Faith changes change them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ten spies, and then we're done. Ten spies, twelve spies. Ten of them said, there's giants. Oh, we. There's some big old giants over there. they big boys. We'll never be able to do it. We can't go in that land. Uh-uh. But two of them said, yes, we can. We can do it. We're well able. You know what? I find it interesting that the two never did deny that there's not giants. They said, yeah, there's some big old boys over there. But our God's bigger. You don't deny it. They didn't deny it. They just said, our God's bigger. So don't get mixed up with the whole negativity and, 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 and denying the truth. But You understand what I'm saying? Saying things unbelief. The ten spies were an unbelief unbelief. And you can get over into unbelief and you can get over into speaking negativity about everything, but I want you to see here, and we're done. We're done. We're finished. So you can get excited and wake up now and get ready to pick up your things and go home. Those spies, those two spies, ten said we can't, two said we can. I want you to see, those two right there, their mouths had to line up with this word. And when their mouths lined up with this word, God blessed them. And when my mouth and when your mouth lines up with this word, you'll see the same results. Amen? Our mouths got to line up with the word. And we're talking about our mouth this morning in case you didn't notice. We all need to work on our mouths. There ain't nobody here that couldn't use a little work on your mouth. And I'm not talking about going down there and getting, uh, um, what's that stuff called? They shooting your lips? Botox. I'm not talking about getting Botox on your lips. <laughs> I've seen some people get Botox, their lips be so big, be like, he's up. And go. Jeez. <laughs> but hey, if y'all ladies want to get some Botox, help with those wrinkles, I got nothing against it. Botox it up. Back to the Lord. <laughs> Our mouths got to line up with the word. That's just it. End, end, end of the sermon. Miles mouths got to line up with the word. What you said about your husband, what you said about your wife, what you said about your children. Cursing, lying, contentious, arguing. All those things we went through, it's a lot to remember. Maybe you need to go back and listen to it again, make some notes. Our mouths have got to line up with the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Y'all get something out of it? Good. Those things create disconnects. Somebody's laughing. I don't know. Is my hair messed up? No, it's not. Looking good. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much. We've got an attitude of gratitude. We're just thankful this morning. Father, we want a closeness. We want to be close to you. And we just thank You for Your Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us and teaches us and speaks to us and gives us a gentle nudge and uh, pulls us in the right direction and says, hey, don't do that. Don't talk like that. Don't go with them. Don't hang out with them. Go this way. We thank You for Your Holy Spirit that always is there to lead us and to guide us and to stand beside us. And when we fall to pick us up and when we need a shove, there He is. We just thank You for it. Thank You for We want to be close to You, Father. So we just ask You this morning, Your Holy Spirit, to reveal to us and show us anything that we, we need to cut junk out of our lives and uh, change the way we speak and the way we talk and the way we live our, our lives uh, so that we can uh, experience that closeness, that connection with You. We just thank You. Praise the Lord. We thank You that we're leaving out of here today better than we came in. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Saturday, 4 o'clock. Be here.